Thanks for downloading the free and ad-supported version of Cubs Pod, which is actually three daily Cubs podcasts smashed into one episode. But Cubs Pod is actually a daily Cubs podcast, which is released every single day during the Cubs season on our Patreon page, completely ad-free at patreon.com slash sunranto. In fact, you'll get all Sunranto shows early and ad-free on our private premium RSS feed. Plus, you'll get access to our private Discord group where we host game watches and Cubs fan chats with the Super Ranters. Join us for as little as $1 at patreon.com slash sunranto. Please support independent Cubs media like us, and subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. We can't do it without you. Thank you. And enjoy this version that is ad-supported of Cubs Pod. It is June 28th, 2023, and this is Cubs Pod. The daily dose of digestible Cubs content from the Bleacher Bunch Productions for the Fans First Sports Network. If you have not subscribed to the Bleacher Bunch on your podcast app, what are you waiting for? We need your help over there. You can also give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever app might allow you to leave a rating. And if you aren't giving us five stars, congratulations. You don't need to do anything except, I guess, hate listen to these things. I don't know why you you would be doing that, but I, I I don't know why people do a lot of things, including the Cubs. Uh, before we get into last night's game, we had a transaction yesterday that we should get to first. Uh, the Cubs optioned Master Boney to Iowa and called up Jared Young. Apparently, Jared Young has been playing first base for the iCubs, even though the website has him listed as a second baseman, because of course he's a second baseman who never gets to play second base. It seems like Jed Hoyer has never met a player that he thought should play the position that he played well enough to make the professional leagues. Like, can you imagine? I get it. Just to play, you will move around and do different things and maybe some of your skill sets are, are better here or there and they weren't used properly before, but it's everyone. Like literally Jed Hoyer tries to change everyone's position, it seems like. It's ugh. well, at least they didn't try to make a second baseman into a third baseman, right? Well, I mean the guy they sent down was Master Pony, which leaves only Madrigal at third, so Based on history, uh, we probably will get to see another player over there playing out of position, while an actual third baseman, Christopher Morrell, continues to play everywhere else, including a possible stretch at first base since we saw him practicing that in London. I mean, that sounds exactly like a Hoyer thing to do. Bring up a second baseman who only plays first and put him at third while moving your strong-armed third baseman who only plays second and outfield over to first where he won't need his arm at all. Um, I decided to look at the advanced metrics on these decisions and see if I could figure out how the algorithms came up with where to play these guys. And after punching in all the numbers, it said the answer was, uh, oh, here it is. Dumb shit. Hmm. That's kind of a, a weird answer for a number, but whatever. 
Jared Young was not on the 40-man roster before yesterday, so somebody had to get dropped, and that somebody was Brandon Hughes. Uh, He didn't get dropped. He's getting a 60-day vacation in Illinois because he needs surgery on his knee. You will remember that it was his knee that was kind of giving him problems, and they thought he was back, and then he didn't do so hot, and then they went back down, and now his knee is continually bothering him, so now he's going to get surgery. Uh, and he should be able to be back by next year because it's a a somewhat simple knee surgery. And I mean, I don't know. You would think they say that he could be back by next year and maybe he can, but pitchers use their legs a lot. I mean, that's why it's an issue. I don't know. I, I just don't get these things. Um, but since we are talking about the injuries, um, there were two other injury issues that I'm not sure were we covered yet. Um, Cody, 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 Cody Hoyer had a setback during his rehab assignment. He was pitching and his arm broke. Literally. He was making his way back from Tommy John surgery and somebody decided to try and make it like rookie of the year where they tightened the ligament and made it stronger. And that actually made the kid in the movie throw the ball really fast. So they did that to Hoyer, and that was working until his humerus bone, the big bone that makes up the upper arm, succumbed to the stress and fractured. So, yeah, the super strong Tommy John cadaver arm uh, was bad for the not-so-strong living bone in his arm. So who knows, you know, how long he's out for. Another injury in the minor leagues... Uh, was Brennan Davis. He had core muscle surgery and is out for an indefinite amount of time. Um, and if you are wondering what the core muscle is, just, I mean, you just have to remember the song you used to sing when you were a kid, right? I mean, it's, here it is. The stand muscle is connected to the poop muscle and the poop muscle is connected to the core muscle and the core muscle is connected to the top muscle. And that's what the body is. Yeah. I mean, you remember that song, right? Look, this is the kind of thing that makes uneducated idiots think that maybe they shouldn't listen to experts about their health. They see stuff like this and they're like, oh, what's he getting surgery on? Uh, his core muscle and nobody has ever heard of a core muscle. I mean, we know that there are muscles that are, you know, collectively called your core, but nobody has ever said I'm getting surgery on my core muscle. That's not a thing. Good Lord. Okay. Now, um, I don't know. Let's get into this game. It sucked. Can we be done now? I'm ready to be done. Uh, okay, we will hit it quick. Tyone was not good. He wasn't exactly bad, but like he didn't necessarily look bad, but he did give up five runs in five innings, three of which were off of homers from Brandon Marsh, who looks like the squid-headed villain in Pirates of the Caribbean. Marsh is apparently so rich, he's testing a theory about how utterly disgusting he can make himself look and still be accepted in society. Look, I think we need to cancel him because he's obviously making fun of homeless people by going out in public in bum face, right? Like they wouldn't let people do that, paint their face dark 
and say that they were a minority. This guy is purposely making himself look like a bum. That's just, it's wrong. Cancel that guy. Okay, back to the game. This game got started by Kyle Schwarber, of course, uh, breaking an 0 for 17, hitting a double down the right field line, uh, and then scoring on a Trey Turner single out to right field. Now, although this, the Phillies scored on the single, uh, Seiya Suzuki made an incredibly heads-up play in right field. He realized Turner was making a turn at first base, and he fired the ball into Bellinger, who was able to tag Turner out as he dove back towards first base. I mean, look, Suzuki has thrown a number of balls into first to try and get outs this year, and I'm here for it. I'm all here. I love that he does, doesn't allow runners to ease into a single. And this time it worked. You know, Turner probably wasn't thinking that they were going to try and make a play on him. So he makes that like light turn around first to see if anything happens and say it gunned him down. That's, I love it. Now, of course, having Bellinger there to be the other end of that throw probably helped a lot too. Uh, because I honestly don't know that the other Cubs first baseman would have pulled off the tag. Now, luckily, we have a second baseman who's making his way up to the big league team, and you know maybe that's the answer. And Bellinger will have somebody else to play over there as first base. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Anyway, this inning ended with the Phillies one and Cubs nothing. In the second inning, uh, Bumface Marsh hit a solo shot deep into the bleachers for another run. Then in the fifth inning, uh, Bryson Stott, who must have been drafted by the Cardinals originally with a name like that, uh, he bunted to third and Madrigal just had no chance for the out. Yeah, people, everybody complains about bunts. Well, when you got a third baseman like Madrigal, who cannot make just a throw and must get a running start, yeah, just bunt at that guy. He had no chance. He was so far behind on it. It was, you know, Andy was playing back, so he had to run up on it. But there are guys who might be able to make that play. Madrigal is not one of them. In fact, he should have never even thrown the ball. He should have just held that thing. Moving on. Moving on. Stah was on first, and that was unfortunate because Bumface Marsh was up next, and he hit a home run almost to the same spot that he hit his first one, and the Phillies now led four to nothing. Uh, then uh, Cody Clemens broke out of his 0 for 17 slump with a double. So Kyle Schwarber, 0 for 17, hits a double. Cody Clemens, 0 for 17, hits a double. I guess if you're 0 for 17, you want to face Tyon. Uh, and then he would later score on a Nick Castellanos RBI single. And the Cubs are down 5 nothing after 5. Now, if you are wondering why I'm not talking about the Cubs offense, it's because there was none. Uh, Madrigal didn't get the first hit until the third inning of the game. And of course, they left him stranded at third after he stole second and went to third on an error. Uh, everybody gets excited for 30 seconds and then it's over. They just leave him sitting there. Suarez, uh, Ranger Suarez was pitching for the Phillies, and he just mowed the Cubs down for 7.1 innings. He had eight Ks and one walk and only gave up four total hits, two of which came in the eighth before they pulled him. Bellinger singled, 
Uh, then Gomes got out, then Madrigal singled, and that's when they pulled Suarez for Gregory Soto. Soto gave up a single to Horner, and Bellinger scored. So then the game was, you know, five to one. And then with two on and one out, Suzuki and Hap struck out to end the inning because that's how this goes. That was it. Um, Cubs lose five to one. Um, and then, you know, and I talked about this in the preview show that the Cubs might be off just a little bit. And that's honestly what it felt like. They didn't seem absolutely terrible, but they were also just not quite there. They just weren't making some of the plays. They weren't hitting well, you know, and that's a lot of that, like I said, is, you know, just sort of your reaction time being off just a little bit because your body is trying to still adjust from being wherever it was. Uh, Emily, my wonderful wife who also follows the Cubs and is actually very smart about baseball. Uh, she made a, a really good point that instead of just doing two games in London, they should have actually played two games in London and then come back to St. Louis and played two more in St. Louis. So that the two teams that had to deal with that travel actually play each other so then you're getting more of a fair playing field rather than having the Phillies come over from Philadelphia and the Cubs come from London you know uh and I I actually I thought that was really smart and now I know it'll never happen because the MLB schedule is never ever ever smart and the Cubs you know like I said they were off a little bit and they ended the game with twice as many strikeouts as they did hits and you will not win many games that way Oh, I didn't even mention that yesterday the air quality in Chicago was the worst in the world. Yes, the entire world. The Canadian wildfire smoke has made its way to the Midwest, and it was bad yesterday. The game was really hazy and nasty. Um, it was almost like a fog out there, and it was smoke. Um, it is still terrible today. So maybe skip this game tonight that starts at 7.05 Chicago Standard Time and will be a perfect 78 degrees at game time. But you won't enjoy it because you will be breathing in perfectly temperatured smoke. If you do go, you will see Aaron Nola face off against Drew Smiley, even though they will actually never face off because of the stupid DH. Um, Nola has seen a number of the Cubs hitters a lot. Barnhart has 11 attempts against him, and he is hitting a zero. Hap has seen him 12 times, and he is hitting zero. Well, that's not good. Um, Bellinger has seen Nola 16 times, and he's doing better than the other two, but it's still only a 125 average, which is also not so good. Um, Gomes has seen him 21 times and finally we have someone who can hit Nola. He has a 333 average with two homers and that is actually good. So, you know, hopefully we'll get to see some of that good Gomes tonight. Uh, and then finally we have Dansby Swanson who has seen Nola 58 times. Yes, that's a ton of at bats to have against a guy. And he is hitting 224 with two dongs. And so that's also pretty good. Uh, nobody else is really all that interesting except for Christopher Morrell, who has two hits and four tries. So that's a 500 batting average, but too small really to call it that. Uh, but one of those two hits was a home run. So let's hope that happens again tonight.
Um, Drew Smiley is sitting nice at 69 strikeouts for the season. Uh, Castellanos has seen him the most and is hitting 333 against him in 18 at-bats. Trey Turner has 16 attempts and is hitting 313 with a dong. Schwarber has a dong against him as one of his three hits, and Bryce Harper has also hit a dong off of Smiley. So, um, not so great, maybe, but the Phils haven't seen him this year. And maybe that means that they are not ready for that 50-50 curveball, fastball combo that he's been using so wonderfully this year. But, all right, that's it for me. Remember, tell your friends that they should be part of the Sun Ranto Ranters, and you could earn yourself a shirt, and they could earn themselves a spot on the Ranters Discord where we talk about stuff all day. I uh, had some, some more good conversations yesterday on that. Um, it really is wonderful. Gives me something to stretch my mind uh, when I'm not using it at work. Danny will be back tomorrow to tell you about the game tonight. And until then, Spugog! All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But Super Ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. Hi, and thanks for downloading Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network, your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on June 29th, 2023. But first... I'm going to ask you all to please go give five stars and maybe a review 
to the Bleacher Bunch on any podcatcher that you use, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, whatever you use, please go give us five stars. It'll really help us out because it's a brand new RSS feed that we're trying to throw out there uh, in uh, in in cahoots with uh, Cup of Cubby Blue and hopefully some other uh, Cubs podcasts in the future to give you all the Cubs news that you want. Anyway, uh little commercial over. Please just go give us five stars. would really help us out a lot. And tell your friends about uh, Patreon, where they get this show, Cubs Pod, uh, every single day. Uh, sent right to their podcatcher, and um, it's a great deal. If you ask me a dollar a month, come on. Come on. Tell your friends. It's a dollar. So uh, let's talk about this game. It was not good. It was uh, Drew Smiley versus Aaron Nola. And after a good and a bad start for Drew Smiley against Pittsburgh, this start was pretty damn bad. Uh, He gave up seven runs on nine hits, only two strikeouts through 3.2 innings. Uh, There was smoke everywhere. (laughs) There's the Canadian wildfires have uh, turned Wrigley Field into a a, a hazy sort of post-apocalyptic hellscape, if you will. And uh, 32,000 people showed up to watch it. Cubs couldn't really do anything with runners in scoring position. They kept pooping their pants. 0 for 8. Um, Jared Young got called up to the team, hit a homer with nobody on. Dansby Swanson hit a homer with nobody on. We're all very excited for those guys padding their stats, but the RBI stat did not uh, did not take a hike, meaning go up, not go away. I know that's not what take hike means, but that's okay. Uh, Yeah, the Cubs, 57 of their home runs, of their 87 home runs, have been solo shots. Now, some of those, like Jared Yuggs, were uh, perpetrated with uh, at the beginning of an inning. So you can't really blame people for that, having nobody on when you're the first one up. But 57 of 87 seems like a lot. Let's talk about the game. In the first inning, uh, Smiley started by looking pretty good. He got uh, Schwarber looking to start the game, and he got a fly out. But then Nick the Stick reached on an error by Smiley, and uh, Harper then walked, which is not always the worst move to walk Bryce Harper. And he got JT Real Muto to strike out. So he got two strikeouts in that first inning. He got two strikeouts all game. That was it for Drew Smiley and strikeouts all in the first inning. In the bottom of the first, Cubs did nothing. And then in the top of the second, that's when the wheels fell off, really, for the Cubs and Smiley. Five runs second inning for Philadelphia. Here's how it unfolded. Uh, Bohm singled. Uh, Harrison then hit into a fielder's choice. Man on first. Didn't matter where he was standing because Edmundo Sosa Home run, and it was now two to nothing. Phillies to start it out. Uh, Christian Pache singled. Schwarber lined out, hit it hard. Uh, Turner then singled, so we got two on. And then Nick the Stick, who, damn, I wish he was still a Cub. He home run, and uh, it was then five to nothing. Phillies in the bottom of the second. Dansby Swanson walked. I only bring that up because he had a home run later. Seems like walks turn into home runs. I don't know. It would be interesting to look at that if like a guy's taking a bunch of walks and then they finally put one in there and bam, 
They knew to walk him. They should have walked him. So, uh, yeah, Swanson walked. Nothing else happened. So, in the top of the third, Bohm singled again. But uh, it, it would have been a double play at right after that. But Madrigal botched it playing third. Man, I hate watching him play third. He takes 500 steps to throw the ball across the diamond. He doesn't seem to have particularly good instincts. But there he is every freaking day. And who was playing in right field? A third baseman, Christopher Morell, who also doesn't look good out there. Not not suggesting Madrigal play Um it, it, and by the way, Magical went three for four in this game, so I'm not going to really cry about Magical. I'm just saying he can't play third base. He can. It, he he is playing third base, but I just don't. I mean, I've been watching a lot of baseball in my life, and that's not what it's supposed to look like. It just isn't. Then he botched a double play in this inning. It didn't matter. Sosa popped out, and that was the end of the third. In the bottom of the third, that's when Jared Young homered in his uh, first at-bat of the season. I had forgotten that he came up last year and he went 5-for-19 with a couple of doubles, but apparently that wasn't even good enough to get a look over somebody like Miles Mastroponi. As, as by the way, Jared Young, I don't know if you all looked at it, but he was having himself a heck of a year uh, before he got called up. 13 home runs, 326 batting average, OPS over 1,000. That's what was happening down in Iowa. He's 27 years old. He's an older rookie. He's only six foot tall at 185 pounds. But like, you know, so he's not a huge dude. But um, so he just doesn't get any looks. But hey, at, in reality, he's good. But no, let's uh, let's not bring him up, even though we need power from the left side. I what the hell is going on? God, I hate the Cubs. Um. So uh, I just don't like how they're run. I mean, it just seems you got the Reds not not. You know, rattling off 12 straight with a bunch of dudes you never heard of from their minor league system. And we're like, hey, we got a guy betting 350 from the left side. But no, we're not going to give him a shot because we don't believe in him. I don't know what's going on. It's just idiotic. It's just these guys, they get an idea in their head and they they don't don't, uh, stray from it. And it's ridiculous. We literally don't have a first baseman. I mean... You know, Matt Mervis, like, why was, you send Matt Mervis down, why was Jared Young not the next guy up? Like, what is going on? He's literally the same player, except older. I don't know. I mean, Jared Young's having himself a year. He was not this guy before. He's been solid for a minor leaguer, but come on. Um, He wasn't supposed to be a guy. He's accidentally being a guy. Like Christopher Murrah, I just don't understand like how this team really evaluates players or injuries for that matter. They don't seem to know what they're doing. Anyhow, Jared Young homered in his first at bat of the season. With two outs, Horner singled in the bottom of the third, but uh, nothing more. And that inning ended and we were losing five to one. In the fourth, we had doubles by Schwarber and Nick the Stick, and it was six to one. Then Harper singled, and it was seven to one. And Lossie finally came out and got Drew Smiley. Uh, Hayden Wisniewski ended up being the long man in this game, and he did go long. He went all the way through the eighth inning. He came in, walked JT Real Muto right away, but he got Bohm to end it. And that was the end of the fourth. No more damage done, but there was already damage done. It was seven to one. 
in the bottom of the fourth with one out. Then Swanson homered with nobody on. It was now 7-2. to two. Belly and Gomes singled right after that. And uh, in, in the bad timing of the year, at which point Jared Young hit into a double play. So, Young giveth and taketh. In the top of the fifth, uh, Josh Harrison homered, making it 8-2. to two, The only run that Hayden Wisniewski would give up. Then in the fifth inning for the Cubs, Madrigal singled. He went three for four in this game. And um, it, it was first an out, but there was actually no. It was called safe that the first baseman was off the base when Madrigal crossed the base. Otherwise, he would have been out. But uh, the Phillies challenged and lost their challenge because Madrigal was actually safe. At that point, Tockman singled. Horner walked, and uh, then with the bases loaded, Morell came back from 0-2 all the way down to 4-2 as he walked and a run scored. It was then 8-3. Hap then grounded out uh, one of the few times in the game he didn't strike out, but he did manage to score Tockman on the play. It was then 8-4. There was then a fielder's choice from Swanson, uh, which got Horner running home. He didn't have to run home. It was second and third at the time. But uh, I, contact play, there you go, and everybody moved up a base. Actually, it ended up second and third at the end of it as uh, uh, Swanson ended up on second base after Horner didn't even really get caught in a rundown, but there was definitely not time to uh, get anybody else. Then Bellinger popped out with runners on second and third threat over it was eight to four eight to four at this point so they've cut the lead quote unquote in half in the top of the sixth one two three turner castellanos and harper all sent down by wesneski in the bottom of the sixth strom came in for nola and with one out miguel amaya replaced the homer and double play hitting Jared Young to promptly strike out. I don't really understand it. I mean, Amaya needs at bats, yes. Amaya got a single later in the game, in fact. Like, it was, I don't have a problem with Amaya being in there. What I have a problem is is this moment of Grandpa Lossie thinking he's doing something intelligent by bringing in a righty to pinch hit for a lefty. I mean, I looked at Jared Young's splits here, and against uh, lefties it, at, in the minor league, and I looked last year because it was a, a bigger sample size and stuff. Like, is this a thing? Like, he didn't face as many lefties, but he batted, uh, he had a 680 OPS against lefties. Not great. But he had a 747 against righties, which is better, but it's not like he just disappears against lefties. He batted 223 against them. He batted 232 against righties. That's not that big of a difference. If you, you know, Amaya would probably be better, is the better choice of who you want in there, but why do you want Young out of the game? That's the bigger question. There was a, there's a, definitely a bit more discrepancy this year in a much smaller sample size where he was just absolutely killing righties. Uh, got an OPS over 1,100 against left righties and half of that versus lefties. So you do see it there. 
But I don't know. It just it bothers me because it always happens this way. Like Ross always is going to make the move. Ross is always going to empty his bench in the sixth inning, and Amaya Cade. And so, like, granted, it like just didn't work out this time. But it's just I don't think Amaya is a pinch hitter. You know what I mean? Like he bats with the with his right hand, but he's he's a starter. Like he should be starting baseball games. But they're like using him off the bench, and I just think that is a poor use of Miguel Amaya. So, anyway, with two outs, Madrigal doubled, but Mike Tockman, who, by the way, is also a left-hander, struck out. Um, yeah. Anyhow, they leave him in there, probably because Ross was like, oh, damn it, I need, need more righties on the bench. No, you don't. You don't. It's, just play your guys, dude. Play who's good. In the top of the seventh, uh, Harrison singled with two outs, but nothing more. Pro Wisniewski. Wisniewski really pitched well. Uh, Strom then came out for a second inning of work and was even stronger. Uh, he wasn't great in the inning before, but uh, I mean, actually, he was fine. He gave up a double. Big deal. But in his second of inning of work, he got Morell and Hap to strike out. Hap looking, and uh, he looked even stronger. Hayden Wisniewski. Had two more strikeouts in the eighth, both looking. Uh, Schwarber and Trey Turner struck out in that inning. Schwarber <laughs> looking at balls again. He did, did that in the first inning. Caught looking. How many times did we see that from Kyle Schwarber, who's betting like 176, but has 20 bombs? I don't, I don't know if I if I would want that. You know, I do want the 20 bombs, but man, oh man, 178 or something like that. I was looking at the board. I'm like, that's even low for him. Junior Marte came in in the bottom of or the top, yeah, the bottom of the eighth, and he got Swanson, Belly, and Gomes one, two, three. Rucker pitched the ninth for the Cubs, got a good inning, and then Alvarado came in for the Phillies and did not look good. Amaya then singled. Uh, thank God he was in there. Um, Madrigal singled. Uh, Mancini then pinch hit for Tockman. Um, there was a wild pitch. So then it was second and third. Mancini still up there. Then Mancini struck out. Now let's talk about Mike Tockman's splits. Because against left-handed uh, pitchers this year, he has a 400 OBP. He has an OPS of 650. I mean, it's not great. He's got six hits and 24 tries. He's got no power against lefties. It's all singles, but still, you know, Trey Mancini. All right, so all right. Let me just put it this way: Talkman against lefties is slashing two fifty, four hundred, two fifty for a six fifty OPS. So no slug. Trey Mancini is batting two forty six. That's lower. Three forty two. That's lower. But he's got some slug. He's got two home runs against lefties this year. He's slightly better against lefties. I get it, but Ross, stop pooping yourself. You look like an idiot. This is the dumbest crap I've ever seen in my life. That every time, like you don't replace a good player who's just as good from against lefties as freaking Trey Mancini. You know what I mean? You need base runners here. You need Mike Tockman. You know who doesn't get on base? Mancini. 400 OBP for Tockman. You need base runners. You are losing in the ninth by 
a lot of runs. Way more runs than you are usually capable of scoring. Talkman has been getting on base a ton. Mancini has been freaking terrible. You don't bring Mancini into this game for no reason to strike out. It's the dumbest crap I've ever seen, and Grandpa Lossie is an idiot. His book is stupid that he's looking at. It's got to change. And I don't think things change with the new manager because they're just going to get even more of a yes, man, that you've never even heard of or that didn't even win the 2016 World Series. You're just going to get a loser in there who just will listen to the front office and never talk back. And so that we could see all the Trey Mancini at bats in the world. But it's freaking stupid. It was dumb to pinch hit Amaya. It was dumb to pinch hit Mancini. It's, it's just stupid. Well, Amaya scored on a pass ball. So we get a little bit back into it. Um, eight to five. You're looking for maybe some runs to be uh, runners to be on. Like if Horner reaches, then Morell is the tying run at the plate. But Horner flew out, Morell grounded out, and that was the end of the game. Cubs 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position, getting the hits in all the wrong orders. And uh, especially the home runs. And I got to say, the Cubs just have not looked good against this Phillies team after being on a roll against such first place teams as the Pittsburgh Pirates, who, by the way, are now in third and scuffling. I mean, when you put the Chicago Cubs up against a team like the Philadelphia Phillies, you really see what you're playing with. And it is it is not it's not that competitive. Quite frankly, I mean, this game goes a lot different if Drew Smiley has anywhere near a quality start. Cubs scored five runs, but look at that Phillies lineup. Just bopper after bopper after bopper after bopper. And even though the batting averages have been low, that the for the Phillies, it hasn't worked out in the first half of the season so far. I mean, they're going to be a wildcard team and they're going to be formidable in the playoffs it's just the way it's going to go because they are built for it I don't think the Cubs well I know the Cubs aren't built for it they they say they're going for it there's they say they're going to buy buy what buy what well, who are you going to get rid of because you're not going to get rid of Mancini like you should because you signed him for two years and you think you're smart and you're not god the last night's game was just kind of like you know, yep, this is what it really is. That's what it that's what it felt like just sitting there. I'm like, yep, this is this is mostly what we've seen like I this year. It's like this team just disappears. And you got to get on a hot streak. That's a real hot streak. And I'm not talking like let's rattle off five in a row. Then lose two, then win five, then win four, then lose two more. Like no. You got to do what the Reds did. You've got to win 12 straight. You got to get on a roll, and you, you, otherwise, your season, you're just going to, you're under 500. You've got to get over it. Like, I don't know what to, what? What is the freaking issue here, Cubs? Like, you got a bunch of veteran guys, and you can't do shit with it. It's embarrassing. All right. We get, there's hope. And let me give you some hope. Taiwan Walker, eight and three. With a 410 versus Kyle Hendricks, 3 and 2 with a 260. So Kyle's ERA is better. 
So we're obviously going to win. It's going to be cloudy with thunderstorms before and after the game, but I think they're going to be able to get this sucker in. It's like a 40 to 50% chance of rain all day long, except when the game is supposed to be played at 7 p.m. Taiwan Walker, man, he's been good lately. Uh, all through June and really the end of May as well, quality start after quality start after quality start. He had a... Shut out two hitter through seven, which he struck out eight versus Detroit. Uh, he had a he gave up one run on seven hits and went eight innings versus Oakland. Now these aren't good teams, but he had eight strikeouts in that game. Last time he went out there, one run on three hits. Like just he's been good. I mean his ERA is up over four. Uh, back on May first against the Dodgers, he had a three point one inning outing where he gave up eight runs on eight hits and three home runs. He's actually given up quite a few home runs this year, uh, mostly in that game, um, 11 so far. I don't know if that's a lot. Seems like a lot. I don't know. So, um, yeah, not not off to a great start, but he's gotten his ERA down from a high of 691, nice, in that May 1st game, down to 410. So, almost down three full runs since then because he's been really good. Um, the Cubs against him. Cody Bellinger is the only one that's homered off of him. Uh, he's seen him the most as only three for 18. That's a 167 batting average. Jan Gomes, has, uh, Ian Happ, and Dansby Swanson have all seen him three times, or, or I mean 11 times, and Swanson and Gomes have three hits off of him. Um, Dansby's got a double. Happ is one for nine. Uh, with two walks, so not great. And Horner 0 for 6. Uh, Mancini's 3 for 5, but really? We going to see that again? I don't know. Overall, the Cubs in 95 plate appearances are batting 207 with a 550 OPS. It's not great. I, It's not great. Kyle Hendricks has been pretty good, especially his last three starts. Only gave up one earned run last time. Pitched into the seventh. That was versus Pittsburgh. He was decent against Baltimore, too. Uh, went five innings, only two runs. And, God, he had a one-hitter against the Giants. And that was awesome. Went eight innings. Um, only three strikeouts in that game, by the way. The strikeouts have not really been there for Kyle. Only two strikeouts in the last game through 6.1. One strikeout uh, against Baltimore through five. So, that's fine. I mean, that's going to let him pitch later in the games, um, you know, because he pitched into the seventh with only 88 pitches against Pittsburgh last time. So let's just hope Kyle can shut it down here. We need a victory today to salvage something out of this series with the Phillies, but I've got bad news for you. Josh freaking Harrison is the bad news. He has faced Kyle 27 plate appearances, and he has a 423 batting average and three home runs for an OPS of 1.252. Bryce Harper has also homered and is batting 300 for an OPS of 917. Nick the Stick, 853 OPS and a home run. Reese Hoskins is injured, but he has also homered, so I shouldn't have read that. Yeah, the numbers against Kyle are not good overall. In 108 plate appearances, the Phillies that have seen him are batting 327, 
slashing uh, OBP of 383 and a slugging of 531 for a 914 overall OPS. That is way better than the Cubs do against Taiwan Walker, but Kyle Hendricks has been real good lately, and I do have faith that he can do it and save the season. So there's your Cubs pod. Feeling a little ornery after that loss last night, but today's a new day. Should be a day game. It is not because God hates me. Have a great day, everybody. Spookog. If you like the Cubs a bunch, buy your t-shirts from In The Clutch. We've got all the best styles for you. Dansby Sam, Morel too. Clark Fly in his W. Cody Bellinger, smoking Dudes. Vintage shirts from days of old. Patrick Wisdom and Nico. You'll look sharp wearing your stroke. Temper set off with the code. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. InTheClutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SUNRANTO to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups. Get it all at InTheClutch. Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch, buy t-shirts from InTheClutch. Get it all at InTheClutch. Get it all at InTheClutch. Stuff. Hey Cubs fans, at Amazon.com do you buy lots of stuff? Why not support the Sun Ranto Show by shopping through SunRanto.com slash stuff. All you gotta do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of stuff. Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff, head on over to SunRanto.com slash and click any of our Amazon links before you buy your stuff. Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful stuff. And the Sun Ranto Show will get a small kickback because of the stuff you bought. And you'll be helping in the Sun Ranto Show buy all the stuff. We need to stay on the air talking about the Cubs and other stuff. Plus, you could win a monthly prize. If some of your stuff. is chosen for Amazon stuff. of the month, and if you win, we'll send you more sunranto.com slash that address again is sunranto.com slash Hi, and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network, your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs. On June 30th, 2023, it is the last day of June. Time to pay your mortgage, time to pay your rent, time to pay your credit card bills. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you have enough money. Um, I know uh, the Cubs... They got plenty of money, but they don't 
They don't really have the wins that you'd think that $175 million. Now, granted, 25 of it's going to Jason Hayward, but you would think $150 million would be enough to buy you a better team than what we have right now as the Cubs dropped their fourth straight game and dropped into fourth place behind the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, yeah, rough stuff. Just the team looks flat. They look dead. And unfortunately, they only scored one run last night to the Phillies three. So uh, the Cleveland's coming to town. We'll talk all about that in a second. But first, I'd like everybody to go to wherever you listen to podcasts on your Bleacher Bunch feed. Even if you're a Patreon member, please go give a five-star review to the Bleacher Bunch uh, on any of the podcatchers you use, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify. Uh, we're, we're starting with a brand new RSS feed, and we'd love it if we got a little traction uh, that way. Let's talk about this game. Uh, Kyle Hendricks was on the bump against uh, against uh, Taiwan Walker, and it started pretty badly for Hendo. Uh Ended pretty good for him. I mean, he did pitch well. He did give up those three runs, but he went seven innings in this game. But the first pitch of the game was rocked by Kyle Schwarber into the bleachers. Mr. Batting 180-something. Uh, actually, what is he batting? I, I, I wanted to look this up. Oh, yeah, 186. But he's got a 767 OPS, which is basically like Dansby Swanson except with a lot more pop. Um, I think that's his 21st home run. Right at, right after that, Trey Turner doubled and stole third, but Kyle got out of that rocky first inning. Uh, he got Castellanos to fly out, and Turner stayed at third just because there was only there was no outs at the time. It was the first out, and Turner's like, why chance it to make the first out at home? But then Bryce Harper struck out, and Rail Muto flew out, so only run one run was scored, and the damage was averted. In the bottom of the first, Horner doubled, but Morell and Hap left him sitting there, and the Cubs could not score in the bottom of the second. By the way, I'm going to skip a lot of the top of the innings because Kyle uh, Hendricks was real good. And except for that first inning where he got into a little trouble, and uh, then in the third inning uh, where he gave up a few singles, which re- resulted in the rest of the runs, he was great. A lot of one, two, threes, a lot of ground ball outs. He only had 85 pitches. Like he was super effective. And unfortunately, his great start is going to get lost in. What I'm about to tell you. So um, in the bottom of the second, the the Cubs actually tied the game. Jared Young tripled in Bellinger, who had singled earlier, scored all the way from first base. Well, you'd have to with uh, a man standing on third at the end of the play. But uh, Jared Young, homer two nights ago, triple last night. I mean, pretty impressive what this guy's been doing coming up. We've been waiting for this, like, Somebody freaking step up. It was not Matt Mervis. Morell stepped up, and then we relied on him. Unfortunately, we lost all the games that he hit those historic string of homers in. But um, but yeah, it's we needed somebody like Jared Young to come and try to be a spark plug of this team. Uh, scored the first run by Triplin and Bellinger. 
Then in the top of the third, this was the other inning in which the Phillies scored singles by Clemens. Turner and Harper made it 3-1. to one. Turner had stolen second to put two runners in scoring position. Um, and the Cubs tried to fight back in the bottom of the third. Morrell doubled. Once again, getting the hits in all the wrong order. Morrell doubled, but uh, there were two outs and they left him sitting there. Top of the fourth went great. Bottom of the fourth with one out, belly walked, and Amaya singled. But then Jared Young struck out, and with two outs, Nick Madrigal bunted. Now, Nicky, I know you're not much of a hitter. Barely ever get the ball out of the infield. Not really your thing. You banged a couple doubles off the wall. You've been good at what you're good at. But this, and then you should be good at bunting. You actually should be. But you got two outs. The likelihood of you reaching base, you're fast, but you're not, you know, you're not incredibly fast. You're not like automatic. Like you're, you're not like if you lay this thing in the right place that you're automatically going to be safe fast. But you bunted. David Loss, Ross said that it, he did not approve this bunt. But, I don't know, there's a general mindset. I remember a couple weeks ago when he said we need to bunt more. It sounded like he was kidding, but maybe not. Maybe he was in the locker room being like, you know what, I'd like to see more bunting. And guess who did? Madrigal and Morrell, but I'll talk about that in a second. Anyway, Madrigal bunted hard right at the first baseman. He tagged him out. and I mean, the play was over before Boog even had a chance to say that the play was over. Let's just put it that way. That's how fast that rally got killed by a stupid magical bunt. Just a terrible, terrible play. And uh, everybody was mad, especially me. Top of the fifth goes great. Hendricks rolling, 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 keeping his team in it. In the bottom of the fifth, Tockman reached on an error by Schwarber, but he just doesn't look good out there. He's got a bet, way better arm than Hap, though. So if you could put Schwarber and Hap into one player, it would be really nice. But Tockman reached on an error. Nico singled. And then, inexplicably, after we just saw this fail, Morell bunted. Now, this time, there was nobody out. And there was already a runner on third base. It was first and third. So, like, it wasn't a squeeze play where you just tried to score a run. But, it, I mean, the ball was up and in. Morell laid the bat down on it. And he was out. It looked like a regular-ass sacrifice. Um, but then it was second and third with one out. And, I mean, I'm sorry, Morell, like, dude, dude, you're, like, in, you're in where you are. You're batting third. So that you can drive in runs. Not so you can bunt. Now, this might be the dumbest thing I've ever seen Morell do. And hopefully this is not a harbinger of doom for the future. But no, it was not good at all. Stop bunting, you morons. Because it didn't even work. Ian Happ lined out to second. No run scored. And then Swanson got called out on strikes. Those guys were the tough night. Uh... Combined, they were 0 for 8 with a couple of Ks, and that's just not going to play for your 4 and 5 hitters. Uh, who actually had the table set because Horner and Morrell went 2 for two for 4 and 2 for 3. <laughs> 2 for 3 because that was technically a sacrifice, that bunt for Morrell. Should take away one of those hits, damn it. Um, in the bottom of the 6th, because of course the top of the 6th went just fine. 
uh, Young, Jared Young, reached on an error with two outs, uh, but uh, nothing came of it. In the top of the seventh, there was a little bit of trouble. Kyle still out there. Marsh had a ground rule double. And then Hap made a really nice play on a sinking liner to save a run, but uh, nothing doing. Still remained three to one. In the bottom of the second, Junior Marte. Let me get that right because apparently, Junior with a Y is incorrect. It's Junior with a Y. I don't get what everybody's doing. Like, I, I, uh, uh, why? Why makes a Y sound? I don't know. Yeah. J. I mean, I suppose you could do what you want, but you're just confusing everybody, Junior. I mean, Junior. See, I, I'm, I'm still confused. Not fair. Not fair. In the bottom of the second, that's the second, seventh, uh, Junior Marte came out, and Morrell hit a two-out single, but nothing happened after that. Morrell getting his hits at all the wrong. We could have used that two-out single when it was no, a no-outs and runners on, but whatever, Chris. Uh, Merriweather came out for the eighth and went one, two, three. He's had a really nice time of it ever since his first outing of the season. Lighter Jr., uh, hit, he came out in the ninth, and he gave up a double to Real Muto, but not a mas. And then we got Kimbrell in the ninth uh, against the Cubs. And Madrigal almost reached, this time on a swinging bunt. But JT Real Muto, the catcher, ran up the line and made a nice underhanded throw to first and got Madrigal. That's the kind of bunt that he probably was hoping to, well, actually not, because that was still, like, it not... I mean, it, I guess that was bunting for a hit. It, twice he bunted for not a hit in this game, and it was pretty frustrating. I I, I don't know. I, Nick Madrigal, you're not bringing a lot to the table for me. You're just not. You should be playing second on a team. You should be coming off the bench. Maybe utility guy where you play a little all over the place, but just give you the starting third base job. So you can go up there and bunt is just disgusting me. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of coming around on Nick Madrigal. That's the thing. I'm coming around on the guy because I see that he has some value for the things that he can do. Uh, the bat-to-ball skills are good. He does not strike out a lot. Um, you know, but you got to be batting 300. And if you're going to bunt twice in a game, you got to at least make it one of those times. God damn. Whew. Anyway, the Cubs lost. And they slipped into fourth place behind the Pirates. Like, not great. Um, yeah, I, Taiwan uh, Walker was simply better. Uh, get Danced out of the fire. Gave up six hits, same as Hendo. But three of his hits scored. Or three of uh, Philly's hits scored, not Taiwan Walker's hits. All right, Cleveland's coming to town. They haven't been here for a while. They're going to be here pretty much every year now, thanks to the ballot schedule, which stinks. And Cleveland, uh, they are 39-40, and 40, so they're slightly better than the Cubs are. Uh, they are currently tied for first place, and they are 19-21 and 21 on the road, so not pretty much the same on the road and at home. Uh, and they just beat KC 2-3. of three. 
uh, but they did lose in 10 on Thursday. And they're tied with Minnesota. I should I should mention that over there in the weak AL Central. But Cleveland is 7-10 and 10 in their last 10. And Jose Ramirez, easily their best hitter, he stole home yesterday, and Cleveland still lost the game. He stole home in extra innings, and Cleveland still lost the game. So watch out for him. He, he's really good. He's, he's their best hitter pretty much by far. Offensively, they are no juggernaut. Uh, they are the sixth worst offense by OPS. They've got a 690. Nice. To the Cubs, 724. They have hit the fewest homers in baseball. And the Cubs are middle of the road in that category. The Cubs, they do walk a lot, and the Guardians do not. But the Clevelands do. The Clevelands. The Clevelands do not strike out. They have the second fewest strikeouts. So we've got one of those pitch to contact staffs, and Cleveland has one of those contact staffs. So uh, there's going to be a lot of balls in play. This could bode well for us, um, especially with Justin. And we got a lot of. Uh, we got a lot of pitch to contact guys. I mean, Steele not as much. He's going out there today, but uh, Stroman definitely and Tyone unfortunately definitely. Um, so both teams steal about the same amount of bases mid, right in the middle of the league. Cleveland, the only they lead the league uh, a in not hitting home runs, but also in hitting triples. <coughs> Excuse me. They have 19 triples. That's tied with the Royals, a bad team. Cubs only have 13. And the Cubs have scored 28 more runs than the Guardians. Pitching-wise, let's talk about the bullpens. Emmanuel Class A is their closer, and he's quite good. If they have a lead at the end of the game, it's likely that we will lose the game. So let's try to get a lead early and keep it that way. Because their bullpen has a 298 earned run average. That's towards the top of the league. Whereas the Cubs have a 409, which is towards the bottom of the league. Actually, maybe it's around four now because of last night, but it was 409 in the middle of the game when I wrote this down. However, uh, even though they've got a 298 ERA out of their bullpen, Cleveland has the sixth fewest strikeouts and the fourth fewest walks out of their pen. Whereas the Cubs are mid. So that's, this is a pitch-to-contact uh, bullpen as well. Both teams have given up 28 home runs, which is actually good for eighth best in the majors. But the Cleveland bullpen has the second best batting average against at 215. So the pitch-to-contact is working pretty well. Only one out of five guys reaches. Cubs, it's higher by 21 points. Oh no, sorry, 24 points. And that's good for 18th. So 24 points of batting average off your bullpen is uh, is the difference of 16 spots in the major league. So a lot of teams bunched up. Defensively, both teams are a little better than average when it comes to not committing errors. And uh, But Cleveland has the better dir. The defensive efficiency ratio for Cleveland is 708. Everything under se- over 700 is pretty damn good, but the Cubs are slightly under at 696. Um, the catchers, 
Cubs are above average slightly in throwing runners out. They've thrown out 24% of runners. Cleveland, 18% of runners, slightly below average. So you can run on them a little bit. One out of five guys gets caught, basically. And for the Cleveland Guardians, Cal Quantrill, who was traded by the Padres to Cleveland back in 2020, on August 31st, which kind of seems strange to me. Not a lot of trades happened that year, but Cal Quantrill was one of them. Uh, he got traded by the Padres with Joey Cantillo, who's in the minors, Gabriel Arias, Austin Hedges, Owen Miller, and Josh Naylor. They all went to Cleveland for a player to be named later, Greg Allen, Mike Clevenger, who's currently on the White Sox. And then the Cleveland uh, Guardians sent Matt Waldron uh, in November of that year to complete the trade. So I would say that Cleveland did pretty well <laughs> in that trade. Um, we we shall see. I mean, Greg Allen. I don't I don't know. Is he even still on the on the Padres? I know that Clevenger is not. Um, yeah, Greg Allen is. Looks like he's currently a Yankee. Oh, wait, no, a Red Sox. <laughs> no, no, he's wearing a Red Sox hat, but he's a Yankee. And for the life of me, I can't find a, a game he even played as a Red Sox. Like, he went from Cleveland to San Diego to New York to Pittsburgh, then back to New York. He's 30 years old, Greg Allen, but in the picture, he's got a Red Sox hat on. We'll have to figure out what that's all about. He must have... Uh, been traded to him uh no he signed as a free agent in january 13th of 2023 i know i'm getting off on a little tangent here um but he signed as a free agent with the red sox and was traded on may 20th of this year from the red sox to the yankees for diego hernandez a minor leaguer so that's kind of crazy a trade from the red sox to the yankees is nuts as it is but to sign with the team in january of 2023 as a free agent only to be traded uh five months later just as a little little odd don't know what's going on with that but uh do know that uh he's been traded quite a bit this greg allen character so uh moving on with this uh preview here Cal Quantrill has not been good lately. He's got a 561 ERA, gave up eight runs versus Baltimore and six runs against the White Sox in his last two starts. Bellinger has seen him the most. He's three for nine. Uh, Horner has a triple, is two for three, but not a whole lot more to look at with that. Um, yeah, it's uh, Mancini's 0 for six, but hopefully he doesn't play. Uh, Swanson's 0 for 4 with a walk. I mean, it's not great. Barnhart's never hit him. Madrigal's 1 for 5. Like, there's not a lot here. Cubs hitting 211, but only in 41 plate appearance. It is a small sample size, as they say in the business. Justin Steele, on the other hand, had his best outing since coming back from injury. And, uh, I, I mean, he's been really good. Pretty good. I mean, he went on the injured list after uh, he left the game after three innings on May 31st against Tampa Bay. It was a long time ago. Uh, 
on June 17th, his first game back against Baltimore. He gave up two runs on five hits through five. Then against St. Louis last time when he played in London, he gave up one run on five hits, and he struck out eight through six. So to say that Steele was back uh, would be right. That, that would be a correct statement. Justin Steele is back. And the Cleveland Guardians have not seen him. Josh Bell and Josh Naylor, both Joshes, 0 for 1 with a strikeout. So that bodes well. Any Cleveland Guardian that has seen Justin Steele has struck out in two total at-bats. So I'm not going to get too excited about it. Uh this game is at 120, and um, yesterday's game should have been at 120 as well. I don't know. I don't know who I gotta write a letter to, but if, if they had it noticed, it was getaway day, and it there should have been a day game. Day games all around the league, but not in Chicago. What the hell? That is BS. Stop. Just stop. Uh, I will go uh, a little bit into the rest of this series just to kind of give you an overview, and that's in Game 2 on Saturday, which is a night game, also stupid. Uh, Rookie Tanner Bibby, B-I-B-E-E, Bibby, maybe it's Bibby. He's 4-2 with a 379. He's going up against Stroh, who's 9-5 with a 247, been one of the best pitchers in baseball, and if the Cubs... Keep playing like this. I'm really going to miss Marcus Stroman. It amazes me how many Cub fans are trying to run this guy out of town. I know you don't like his big mouth. I know you think that players should just shut up and play. Well, guess what? He isn't shutting up, and he is playing. So just why don't you shut up and let him pitch? Because he's freaking awesome. And the Cubs should re-sign him. Otherwise, we are, we're, we're looking at three more years of Jamison Tyone helming this, helming this rotation. Speaking of Jason Jamison Tyone, his two and six record with a six ninety ERA are going out there on Sunday, so you can pretty much forget about winning on Sundays ever. And he's going up against Aaron Savali, who's two and two with a three eighteen. So you can pretty much kiss this series goodbye. And there's your Cubs pod. I thought I could get through it without sneezing. I could not. Hopefully you enjoyed that because that's how I say Spagog through allergies. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. Love y'all.